page 184, and then 1 Timothy chapter 3. 1 Timothy chapter 3, <clears throat> page 184 in your book, and then, pay, uh, then 1 Timothy chapter 3. We'll be there in a, in a minute. Um, we have been talking about the local church, and uh, last week we started talking about uh, an acrostic for Baptist, identifying the distinctives of a Baptist through this acrostic. And <clears throat> I, I, I do want to say this. I, I have learned Baptist distinctives many times through the years. Uh, in, in churches that I've been in uh, when I was in Bible college, and every time that I learned it, whoever was teaching it, their acrostic was a little bit different, okay? Uh, but it's basically the same thing, okay? This is, this is a little different, but that's okay. Um, these, are, these are some things that identify Baptist, uh, what we believe and why we believe them. Uh, the, the two that we talked about last week <clears throat> was uh, the B for uh, biblical uh, authority, in all matters of faith and practice. In other words, very simply put, this book should be the instruction booklet for every church, whether Baptist or not. <clears throat> I remember when uh, Ashley was born, uh, I felt very lost when we left the hospital and here we had this newborn and I remember looking at Melanie and I said, what do we do? I mean, I, I didn't know. And she said, all the answers are in the book. And, um, and uh, she was right. And it's the same way for a church. Every, every question, everything that a church goes through can be handled out of this book. Yes. Baptist churches across the board use use a variety of different versions, translations, different things. It just, it, it you know, it it uh, uh, yeah yeah we use we use obviously we use the King James, but um, that is not a universal code throughout Baptist churches <clears throat> by any stretch of the imagination. So, <clears throat> okay, the next one is the autonomy or, or the um, self-governing power of the local church. Uh, our church uh, will next Sunday vote on a budget for our church. Um, all the money that comes in to support our church comes in through our church, and it stays in our church. It doesn't go to some organization head where money is collected and then you get to keep a portion of it. That's not how it works. That, that's not the way uh, God planned. So the autonomy or the self-governing power of the local church is important. Any questions on those two things before we move on? Okay, P for, for uh, B-A-P. Uh, so uh, the P here is uh, priesthood of the believer. Uh God's, words, God's word assures believers that we have direct access to God through our relationship with Christ. We do not need 
another man to intervene for us. This is huge. The priesthood of the believer is one of the reasons why thousands upon thousands, probably into the millions of Christians have been martyred over the centuries because they refuse to bow to the Pope. Because the Bible teaches us that we have direct access to God. We do not have to go through another man. First uh, Timothy chapter 2, uh, verses 5 and 6, it says, uh, For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all uh, to be testified in due time. Again, I, I, I have... You know, one of the, one of the, and I never dreamed about this in all my years of preparation to be a pastor. It never dawned on me that people would actually think this, but I actually have people, Christians and and non-Christians, come to me and say, Pastor, I want, I need you. I want you to pray with me about something. And and then sometimes they'll make the the statement. Because you have special power with God. <clears throat> and I usually chuckle because my first thought is, if you only knew. <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> if, you know, if you only knew. You know, the reality is I have no more access to God than you do. Um, my brother, my brother—I think it's my brother-in-law. Somebody, somebody. Um, we were playing a game. I, I don't even remember now who it was. I think it was my. Anyway, we were playing a game one time, and and I kept winning. <clears throat> and he he made the comment, "Well, you got extra help." <laughs> I'm like, what? Where did that come from? But but <clears throat> just because I'm a pastor doesn't give me an 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 an, an end around, if you would. Every believer, every believer has the exact same access to God as as every other believer. Uh, The letter T, B-A-P-T, stands for two offices within the church. Scripture only mentions two church offices, pastor, also referred to as elder, bishop, and deacon. Uh, These two offices are to be filled by godly men of integrity in each local church. Scripture gives specific qualifications for these offices. <clears throat> Philippians chapter 1, verse 1, Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi with the bishops and deacons. Now, I want to I stop here because... There is a lot of controversy within churches in our in our country today. How many of you <clears throat> came from a church that has that had a board of deacons? Anybody? Okay, several. How many have any of you uh, ever attended a church that had a, a board of uh, a board of elders? Okay. <clears throat> It is becoming more and more popular 
in churches today to have to having a board of deacons and a board of elders as long, as well as pastor or, or pastors plural the bible teaches only two offices and one of the things that is typically distinctive to Baptist churches is the fact that they, they usually do not have elders. But that has changed over the last 10 or 15 years. And many churches are adding, many Baptist churches are adding elder boards. Uh, why, I do not know. <clears throat> but I wanted to take a few minutes and talk about this so that you can kind of get an understanding of what the Bible teaches more than what, what he covers here in the book. Uh, in the New Testament, a bishop is a person who functions as a teacher, uh, leading, leader, teaching uh, as a teaching leader among local uh, uh, Christians or within a church. Uh, the Greek word episkopos, okay, this is the, the Greek word episkopos, has also been translated elder, overseer, and pastor. Okay, all three carry the same name. Uh, okay, they, they three different names, one word. Okay, now I want to talk about this word, word elder. Um, <clears throat> rabbis, in I, I think it's still this way. I, I don't know for sure. But at least in Jesus' time, uh, nobody and no man could be an el a, a, a rabbi until he reached how old? 30. Do you, have you ever wondered why Jesus waited till he was 30 to start his ministry? That it, was, it was considered barely mature. Okay? Um, <clears throat> Anybody know, I looked this up just because I was curious, but does anybody know what the average life expectancy in Jesus' time was? Uh, anybody? Okay, you said 47? 150? Anybody else? Okay, 50? 54, okay? The average life expectancy of, of a human being in Jesus' time was between 40 and 50. Can you imagine being considered an old man at 50? Okay, but you have to factor in there, okay, this is a huge factor, and, and all the research that I did, everybody mentioned this, you have to factor in a very, very, very high in infant mortality rate, okay? So, <clears throat> I mean, you had babies that most did not live to be three years old. That, you know, it was nothing for <clears throat> a child to die. So that affects your average, you, you follow me? So there were people that lived uh, into their 80s and 90s, but for the most part, if a, if a person lived it to be in their 50s, they were considered old. So, <clears throat> in the, uh, so this word elder 
uh, is an interesting word because it can it can refer to an older pastor, somebody who's 50, but it still means pastor. Okay. <clears throat> Anybody know how old Paul was when he died? No. <laughs> okay, I'll tell you this. Paul got saved when he was when he was 30. Okay? Paul died, he was 60. And he was considered an old man. Anybody know how old John, the apostle John was when he died? He was ancient. He was 93. Yeah, he was he was considered ancient. But, but see, he lived in exile the last several years of his life. <clears throat> had, had it not been for that, I think he would have died much sooner. But anyway, uh, all references, uh, the elder, overseer, pastor, are all, uh, all references to the same office, <clears throat> and therefore they are synonymous. So when you read in your Bible the word overseer, it is referring to a pastor, what we call a pastor today. Uh, the word pastor, elder, same thing. Uh, uh, in the early churches, their leaders were simply referred to as elders, probably because their ages, because they were all more than likely well over 30. <clears throat> I, I should have, Chris, can you can you Google something for me? Find, see if you can find out how old. Timothy or Timotheus was when he started his ministry. Chances are he was, because Paul refers to him as a young man. So chances are he was probably in his 20s when he started pastoring. But I, I, I don't know. I, know, I didn't think about that until just now. Uh, Acts chapter 20, verse 17. And from uh, Miletus, he said, Ephesus, <clears throat> uh, he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church. Um, <clears throat> uh, Philippians chapter 1, verse 1, Paul and Timotheus, the servant of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi with the bishops and deacons. Acts chapter 20, uh, verse 28, uh, Take heed, therefore, uh, unto yourselves and to the flock over uh, the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. So apparently there were originally uh, only two leaders within the New Testament church. That would be elders, bishops, overseers, pastors, and deacons. Any questions so far? Okay, um, earlier I asked you to turn to 1 Timothy chapter 3. Let's, let's, uh, let's start reading in verse 1. This is a true saying. <clears throat> if a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, and of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach, not given to wine nor striker, not greedy of filthy lucre, but patient, not a brawler, 
not uh, covetous, uh, one that ruleth his own house well, or, or excuse me, one that ruleth well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? Not a novice. Again, what, what do you think the word novice is that, talking about there? Not, not young, okay? Somebody who is experienced in life. Uh, <clears throat> less uh, being lifted up with pride, he fall into condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must have a good report of them which are without, lest he fall into reproach uh, and, the, and the snare of the devil. Likewise, must the deacons be grave, uh, not double-tongued. <clears throat> so let, let, me, let, me stop, let me stop right here. What does the word likewise in verse 8 mean? Anybody? Okay, everything that he had said about the pastor is now being transferred to the requirements of the deacon. Okay? Everything. So in other words, he went through that list and he says, likewise, so, so not only does a deacon need to do all this, but now he's going to pile on some more for the deacons. Okay? Uh, likewise, must deacons be grave, <clears throat> not double-tongued, not given too much wine, not greedy of filthy lucre, holding the mystery of the faith in pure conscience, and let these also uh, be proved. Again, what is that? What, is, what do you think that is talking about there? I'm sorry? Okay, showing their life. Somebody that has proved? Right, okay, they've, they've proven themselves to be faithful, faithful people. Okay, uh, again, not a, a youngster, if you would, in the faith. Uh, then let them use the office of a deacon, uh, being found blameless. Even so, must their wives be grave, not slanderous, <clears throat> sober, uh, faithful in all things, lest the deacon be the husband. Oh, excuse me. Let the deacon. Um, be the husband of one wife, ruling uh, their children and their own house well. For they uh, that have used the office of a, of a deacon well purchase to themselves a good degree and great boldness in the faith which is in Christ Jesus. So, <clears throat> From this list, we can conclude a lot of things, but I want to I want to just give you a few things very very quickly. Number one, the job of a bishop is a noble task. The, 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 Paul says he starts off in verse one. <clears throat> he says, "This is a true saying: If a man desire uh, the office of a bishop, he desireth what? A good work." So it's a noble, noble work. It is something that um, young men uh, should should aspire to. Uh, and w one of the problems that is facing our world today, our country, 
uh, and you probably see it at the college, is our colleges, I, I don't know about West Coast, but one college that I, I read about recently, uh, Christian College, the male students, or, or the, the female students, outnumbered the male students three to one. There's more women wanting to go into the ministry than men. There's something wrong with that. Okay, okay. Okay, so so good, good, um, but it is it's a big problem. Young young men in our country today are are not wanting to go into the ministry. Why do you think that might be? Anybody? Finances. Finances is a big part of it. Okay, uh, honestly, it's a big part of it. I mean, you you think about. And I, I want to be careful here because I do not want to toot my own horn here. But you think about what does a pastor do? He basically, for most churches, is the CEO of a small company. Right? Why is it so important that the qualifications of a pastor, one of them is being able to handle money and, and his household? You know, <laughs> Because if he can't handle the finances at home, how's he going to do it in, in the church? So finances, you know, one of the things that keeps me awake a lot is finances. And that's all pastors, doesn't that? No, yeah, that's all pastors, yeah. Well, by nature, we're men. Yeah, we, exactly, exactly. But, you know, you know the reality is this. <clears throat> if I was in it for the money, I wouldn't be in it. And young men, I, I knew a young man who went to college to be a pastor. And when he <clears throat> was about halfway through his college career, <clears throat> realized that if he changed careers into the business field, he could make twice what he was going to make as a pastor. And guess what he did? He changed. Probably, probably not. Yeah, why aren't they? Right. And that child today is not doing anything. Right. I, I, and so parents are often... See, parents... Yeah, and, and I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, parents, you need to be careful. You need to encourage your children toward ministry, not away from ministry. I am rare in the sense that uh, as a pastor, I have a career other than a pastor. You know, if, if, if anything happened to my wife... And for whatever reason, I, I had to get out of the ministry, whatever. I, I, I could provide, I, I mean, I have a career field. That is not normal for pastors. And <clears throat> I have known, I, I, know, I know of a young lady uh, uh, that wanted to go to college to be a missionary. 
she had a she had a burning desire to be a missionary and her her parents uh wanted her to get a career for the same reason this young man so that she would have something to fall back on just in case the missionary thing didn't work out and to my knowledge she's not even in church anymore we 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 need to be really really careful because <clears throat> what are we teaching our children when we do things like that that you can't trust god The job as a pastor, the second thing I'm going to talk about here is limited to males. Uh, all throughout the qualifications, uh, the New Testament in the original language, it is, it is full of male pronouns. Uh, and there is no way, there is no way biblically that you can <clears throat> bring female into it. You, you just can't do it. It, it, it is heretical teaching to teach that women can be pastors and deacons. You just can't do it. Okay. Okay. Now we live in a country, <clears throat> we live in a country that is, everything has to be politically correct. <laughs> or, or, yeah, uh, you know, uh, uh, um, but for whatever reason, and I do not have the answer. I, people have asked me, why is it that way? I do not know. But God, very specifically, very clearly, you, you, you have to commit heresy in order to change what the Bible teaches on this issue. Okay, just saying. <clears throat> uh, any questions? Yes. Yes. Right. Be a husband to a wife. So I've heard people say, "Oh no, no, that just means they can't be the you know having multiple wives." Yeah, polygamous, right, that. right. Um, but I've right. also heard other people say, "No, that means he has to be married, and he can't be um, right. You know, a widow. Right. Or a right. What is your opinion? Okay, I can give you my opinion. Okay. That's, that's what I'm asking. Okay, my opinion is, for me. If anything happened to her, I would resign. Okay? For, a, for multiple reasons. But one being that she is my completer. I mean, it talks about her. And here. Absolutely. So she is, she is a, a huge part of who I am. And if I don't have her, I would not. I would not be able to pastor to the fullest of my ability. Okay. Now, let me say this. I would not, if, if for whatever reason, she was in a car accident, died tomorrow, I would not come into the church next Sunday and, and resign. Okay. I wouldn't do that. Okay. I wouldn't leave the church hanging. But at the same, at the same time, 
I wouldn't go for an extended period as a pastor. I could not do that. Okay, now, <clears throat> this issue <clears throat> has come up a lot because the Bible says, must be the husband of one wife. So if you understand the word must, that would disqualify a single person, a single male person from being a pastor. And someone who has been divorced in the I believe it. I believe so, yes. <clears throat> That, that that is a big iffy kind of you know the the, the Bible. The the Bible talks about yeah the the Bible talks about women having authority over men, not over boys. Okay, that's why she teaches junior church and so on and so forth. She teaches women, but she would never teach from the pulpit in in this kind of setting. Because, you know, yeah. <clears throat> now, let me ask you another question. Because this, this, this comes up, okay? What about a pastor and his wife who do not have children? Can, can, a, pass, can, a, can a, a husband and a wife with no children be pastors? Or be be a pastor. Okay, but what does it say about his house? His his verse four. Okay. Okay. Now you want a can of worms. The Bible says must be, and then it gives a list of things that that the pastor must be. I think that's what that says. I think it says if he has children. It doesn't say that. Okay. Let's read it. Let's read it. Look at at verse four. Okay. Well, let's let's go ahead and just start it. Verse 1, this is a true saying. If a man desireth the office of a bishop, uh, he desireth a good work. A a bishop then must be. So everything after that has to be. Does that make sense? Okay. He must be blameless. And we we went through this as a church on Wednesday night not too long ago. So I don't want to kick a dead horse here, but I I do want to make sure everybody understands what's going on here. What does the word blameless mean? Okay. I don't, right. Okay. Okay. Okay, definitely has reputation in mind. Okay, it literally, Rick. Okay, 
Basically, what the word means is that when accusations are thrust at me as a pastor, they do not stick. Because will accusations be made? Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Okay. Let me put it to you simply. A, A pastor that is blameless is somebody who can walk through town and go from business to business to business, and not one business owner could say, you owe me money. That's blameless. Or you, uh, your church did something crooked. Okay? No. That, 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 so the word blameless is a huge word. Okay? So, <clears throat> so blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, uh, good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach, not given to wine, no striker, not uh, greedy, a filthy lucre, but patient, not a brawler, <clears throat> not covetous, one that ruleth his house well, having his children in subjection with all gravity. It does. How can you have, okay, how can you, how can you, okay, this is, this is, this is what it says, okay? You have to have your children in subjection. Is there another verse that we can compare to? It doesn't say that. It doesn't say if. It does not say if you have children, they have to be obedient. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say if you, um, uh, if you, it, it doesn't say that if you have a lot of money, then you can, you can enjoy filthy lucre. It doesn't say that. There are, there are no ifs. It is very clear. Right. If a man know not how to his own house. So those preachers that had those wicked children running around that did, weren't in control, they should not have been. It's almost the same as this part of the qualifications. You have to have this, this, and this in order to be able to take care of your house in order to be able to take Exactly. How, how often do you think people come to me for advice on how to raise children? Okay, just saying. And it's not for babies, right? <laughs> okay. Now, now, if I don't have children, if I've never had children, how can I give advice on how to raise children? Okay, Candy? I, I, no, I don't know. Uh, I don't. I, I know he was married. But I, I, as far as children, I, I don't know. That that I don't know. Yes? Oh. And if that is the case, that's the word children is plural. Exactly. Um, exactly. That, that also, when it says not a novice, then what novice means to me is not experienced. Exactly. Having children would, would add to that experience. Oh, Absolutely. 
Absolutely. So Right. Now, I, I, let me let me say this, okay? I, I I'm just telling you that this is what the word says, okay? Now, I know pastors of good, what I would consider good men, who disagree with that. You know what? You know what, Bob? That is that is the question for the centuries. But as I read the Bible, okay, I can only t- she asked my opinion for me, okay. If if for whatever reason my wife and I had never had children, I would not be standing here today. I know. Just, for me, okay. Now I know I know a man that I have all the respect in the world that he pastored he pastored for what 50, 60 years. And he and his wife could never have children. Now, would I stand there and tell this this mentor of mine that he was wrong? Maybe. Maybe, if he asked me. But I would never approach him and say, you're out of the will of God. That's not my place. I am not his Holy Spirit. Okay? She asked me for my opinion for me. And I and that's how I read this. Okay? To me, it's it's black and white. But that's me. Yes. So that, that makes sense. And talking about not being a novice, that makes sense too. Um, <clears throat> not but in and. I don't know the word that I'm trying to look for there. It doesn't say anything about it being a biological child person. No, it does not. No, it does not. Because I've heard that in the past where they're like, well, it's not their children. Oh, are you kidding? <laughs> No, 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 no. I, I would not. I would not. No. no. I'm not saying you did. No, that's not what I meant. Sorry. Yeah. No. No. That. No. That would. No. I was just saying that's. Right. In, in right. Lieu of if they can't have children, it doesn't say anything about that they have to be biological versus. Right. No. 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 It does not. It does not mention that at at all. At all. Right. One of the things that I have found as a pastor, especially uh, in the world that we live in today, the the career path of a pastor is one that is for for a young person looking at being a pastor the career path would be a difficult path to follow because of, for lack of better terms, the list that we just read. Um, And when I, and I've shared this with you before, so this is not news, but when I felt like God was pushing me in this direction, and I use the word pushing because that's exactly what God had to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't believe me? Ask her. Um, but seriously, that is, that is what God had to do. Why? Because 
because I, to this day, feel so inferior or inadequate would be a, would be a, probably a better word in fulfilling what I believe are the are the requirements for the position that I hold. I I fall short, and I don't want you to think that these things are things that I take lightly because I don't. These are these things I believe are sacred. Yes, ma'am. I was just going to mention that when, uh, when I was in my 20s, I went to a Baptist church in Canada, uh, the city I lived in before I got into another city. And <clears throat> there was this young man studying to become a pastor, and he was married. And once he became a pastor, he had the title pastor and all that, but he wasn't allowed to pastor the church until he and his wife had children. But he and his wife would teach. Um, like Sunday school together, mm-hmm. or they would teach the youth group, mm-hmm. they do stuff like that. It wasn't until they had, I think, their second child, then he started to preach. Mm-hmm. But he didn't until then. I thought that was strange until now. When, well, it's probably not just the child issue. It's probably the maturity, the, the a lot of the a lot of the things that come with age. I, I I would think. I would think. I feel like that in and of itself shows a tremendous amount of maturity. I say this. I've been a lot of churches. We didn't be having this discussion. So I think the fact that, like you said, it's interactive and that, that we can ask these hard questions and and have that discussion. I think it's healthy. I think it is. I, I think it's healthy for a church because, <clears throat> and I, I shared this a few, when, well, it's been a couple months ago, but we talked extensively on Wednesday nights. Um, and um, the, the reality is this, I'm not going to be the pastor here for, forever. Okay? I mean, two, two years ago, I almost died. Okay? God, God could call me home anytime. And this, this church needs to function with or without me because this is not my church it's God's church and and if 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 we as a church do not understand what all this means how are you going to find another pastor Amen. now I, I did share this I, I shared this with you when we talked about it before I'm going to say it again and then we'll be done um, most churches, when they're looking for pastors, they send out questionnaires. You know, you know, where did you go to school? You know, what is, what do you think this means? Yeah, they form a pulpit committee, and then they they come up with this questionnaire. They send it out to these guys, and these guys fill it out, and they they send back their doctrinal statement, and then they, you know, they ask random questions. I have never seen on one of those pulpit committee questionnaires what does your quiet time look like how much time do you spend praying on a on a daily weekly basis what what is more important a degree or if a person walks with god see but i know churches that won't even look at a guy unless he's got a master's degree 
Or, you know, if they don't have a doctor. I, I know a church out in the middle of nowhere in the, in the foothills of North Carolina. They have about 25, 30 people in it, and they have a, a, their pastor has a doctor's degree. Are you kidding me? It's not about degrees. It's about whether the pastor is going to walk with God. Huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and that's and that's what I wanted to bring up. And that, you boil all of these quote unquote qualifications down. What is it equal? A godly life. Okay, that's what it equals. Now, yes, there are some qualifications. He has to be a male, uh, the husband of one wife. I believe that he ha- that that he and his wife have to have. Children, plural, because that's the word, very clearly plural. I, I believe that. But all of this stuff, blameless, sober, vigilant, all of these things, how does a person get to be like that? By walking with God. Not by going to college and getting a degree. Okay? Now, is there anything wrong with a college degree? No, I have one, okay? I don't even I don't even hang it on the wall. <laughs> I mean, you can honestly you can get a degree by going online and paying somebody <laughs> some money and you know, but but seriously, what is the most important thing for a pastor that they walk with God? Okay, what is the most important thing for you to walk with God? And the, and, the, and the key is this. If I will walk with God and you will walk with God, guess what we, were go- what, guess what we will have? An awesome church. Isn't that awesome? I can, I can say this too. I can honestly say this. Is that if something happened, if you were to step down, and then men in this church that need those qualifications if you step down, and now they can be selfish for them and teach them to do it. I know a lot of churches, they've seen them. It, it, it can it can be devastating. It can absolutely be devastating. I sure hope so. All right, let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your love and for for your your patience with us because we are frail. We we are frail. There's not one of us that can stand and say that that we know it all because we don't. And Lord, we need you. And as we we look at these important characteristics that should identify Baptist churches, uh, Lord, help us to put you first. Put you first. Not our political ideologies, but it's the Word of God. It's the Word of God that sets the tone. We love you and we thank you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.